orgasmic enlightenment where the sexual and spiritual come together. I use it to shape our worlds, strengthen our relationships, and self-actualize. I blend the most avant-garde information from neuroscience, ancient sexual practices like Tantra and Taoism, to renegade wellness modalities to show you how to create gourmet sex in your lives. Come one, come all. Five techniques to get a super pussy. What everyone wants to know. First of all, what exactly is a super pussy? Well, a super pussy is strong, articulate, and powerful. It has a voracious libido. It orgasms whenever, wherever, however it wants with the full range of orgasmic pleasure, clitoral, G-spot, cervical orgasms, and more. It can ejaculate across the room and hit the ceiling with its squirting fluids. It feels blissful during sex. It has heightened sensation so that every touch, every feathery stroke feels like ecstasy. It acts as a compass and guide in a woman's life. It moves her towards pleasure, and you feel it as an additional intuitive brain. It can give hand jobs, just like with your actual hand. A super pussy can push, pull, squeeze, and isolate different sections of the muscles, playing the proverbial flute. (laughs) It produces tsunamis of lubrication. That was a quote from one of my postmenopausal women many years ago. Through every age and stage of its life from pregnancy to postpartum through menopause and beyond. And last but certainly not least, it can shoot ping pong balls. This is every woman's God-given right. Most women are numb in their vaginas. They are disconnected from this core of who they are, both physically and energetically. This place, this epicenter of their feminine being can be so distant and cut off that in some women, their organs are literally cut out of them. And this is illustrating how disconnected they really are. A super pussy is fully integrated into a woman's being. This is her mover and shaker, her prime creative source and power in her life. All life comes from here. And if she's not making babies with that pussy, she can transmute that creative energy and channel it into every part of her life. It is the super fuel that lubricates and ejaculates its way into reality. She becomes a powerhouse because she finally recognizes the true source of her power, her vagina and her sexual energy. Super pussies take no shit. They become discerning at who and what they let inside of them because now that their voice is being listened to and honored, they don't accept inferior lovers, partners, or cocks. They stop slathering on the lube to silence their nose and instead they become loyal to their yeses. The golden rule of pussy is that if it turns you on, it turns her on. You don't need artificial lube to pretend. Your pussy will be the oracle of your truth. Over the years and the thousands of women I've worked with, they move from having their pussies be some kind of foreign object that is distantly attached to their bodies to having it be their best friend, their beacon, their inner guide, and their fountain of manifestation. So yeah, that's a super pussy. As you all know, the Anami guarantee is that all women 
can, meaning all women can have a super pussy. Some of the myths out there that women buy into that make them think they can't get a super pussy are one, they are too old, as though pussies have an expiry date. Not true. Some of my favorite well-fucked all-star stories are from women who do my work, who are menopausal, postmenopausal, in their 70s, and they are lubricating, ejaculating, and giving blowjobs all over the house. Ain't nothing stopping these pussies. Second reason might be that they've had lots of babies. Now, contrary to OBGYN sales pitches for reconstructive surgery, babies do not destroy vaginas. Not exercising your pussy is the culprit for having weakness, prolapse, incontinence, not babies. Third reason might be that not all women can. You need to listen to more of my podcasts if you think this. I guarantee that every single woman can have a ping pong ball shooting, articulate, and powerful pussy. This is not in the realm of some special breed of woman. The only thing special about such a woman is the desire and commitment to get there. Everyone can do this. Another reason might be if they have had their reproductive organs removed. Well, you can still have a super pussy. These organs, whether they're your cervix or your uterus, your ovaries, these they act as a phantom limb. Even if you've had them taken out, you can still have things like cervical orgasms, even if you do not have a cervix for reals. And if you have had this kind of invasive surgery, one of the best things that you can do is healing work to reintegrate these parts and their energetic qualities back into you. All right, so let's wake up that pussy. Fuck out of bed, bitch, go. Get up, get up, and then they got go through. Gotta wake up, gotta wake up, bitch, get up. Get up, get up, get up. Get up. I'm obsessed with that track. I've been playing it in the garden and just dancing my way around the land. All right, so here are my top five techniques to create a super pussy. Number one, and this is the most important one, use a jade yoni egg. The jade egg is a multi-dimensional power tool. It works physically to strengthen and tone the vagina and pelvic floor. By doing this, it supports the internal organs, which then prevents and heals prolapse and urinary incontinence and brings more sensation and pleasure back into the vagina. Exercising the vagina also increases circulation and blood flow, which then generates lubrication much more easily. And orgasms. Using a jade egg brings these in record time and record numbers. As we will hear in today's all-star story, Mara went from having the occasional and unpredictable clitoral orgasm to having regular cervical orgasms within weeks. If your vagina is numb, as most women's are, you won't be able to feel pleasure and thus you won't be able to orgasm. 
the jade egg saves the day and your pussy. Technique number two, yoni massage on yourself or from your partner. One of the best ways to de-numb your vagina is to go on a vaginal reconnaissance mission. Get in there. Get to know every single millimeter of your vagina. Countless women have shared with me how uncomfortable they are with the notion of putting their hands inside their own vaginas. And so they never have. The idea that you could be persuaded to know nothing about your own body and for it to be a forbidden zone that you could touch but don't is truly evidence of one of the biggest psyops that we've gone through in our lifetimes. And there's been some pretty fucking big ones out there. So the big question is, what's there that you aren't meant to know? The answer would be the deepest part of yourself and your true power source. Yoni massage is conscious, loving, healing, exploratory touch. It's not about getting to orgasm necessarily, but we'll get to that in a moment. It's about mapping out every fold, every crevice. It's about palpating for tension and massaging it until you feel some kind of release. Physical, emotional. Many women cry from simply being touched consciously and adoringly by their partners or themselves. They might cry as they release trauma from years gone by. They might feel ecstasy in discovering the pleasure of their G-spot for the first time. Most vaginas, as I've said, have a layer of numbness over them that you have to get through before you can make it to the promised land of endless orgasms and ejaculation. Yoni massage a few times a week helps you to do this. As I said, you can do it on yourself or you can have a partner do it for you. I have a couple of great introductory Yoni massage video tutorials on my YouTube channel. And then I go into a full step-by-step practice for it in my vaginal Kung Fu and coming together salons. All right. Technique number three, self-pleasuring. I differentiate between self-pleasure and yoni massage. With yoni massage, your intention is to heal, awaken, and activate. In self-pleasure, you are in pursuit of pleasure. Once you find a pathway, you keep on it. And maybe you get to orgasm, maybe you don't. But the more practice that you do with the jade egg, with conscious yoni massage, your vagina will wake up. So your sensation and your sensitivity will increase tenfold and you will go from numb to come <laughs> all the way to G-spot and cervical orgasms and some squirting ejaculation that hits the ceiling. To gain access to these deep orgasms takes commitment. And so set the time aside to be with and open up to the bliss that is your vagina. I would recommend two, ideally three times a week. And I often assign people a 30-day self-pleasure challenge to kick things off and get them into the daily rhythm of ecstasy as a way of life. All right, technique number four, little bit controversial. Unlike most sex and relationship therapists, I do not consider lube to be a girl's best friend. It's the opposite. It's a cope. I advise all of my clients in every situation to ditch the lube. Lube is a lie. Lube gets slathered on when a vagina isn't wet, isn't ready, and then it is force penetrated. What do you think that does to a vagina over time? It reinforces dissociation and disconnect. It amplifies numbness. Your vagina starts not to trust you and you don't trust it. Every single woman at every age and every stage of her life is capable of naturally producing 
ample lubrication. Here we are back again at the Anami Guarantee. Pregnancy, breastfeeding, menopause, 80-year-olds, yeah, all of them. The main physical reason women don't lubricate is because they have weak vaginas, as I've mentioned already. When they use a jade yoni egg, I have heard of you know, all age, all stage vaginas leaving puddles around the house within weeks. Another physical reason would be, gosh, golly, can you imagine that maybe she's just not ready for sex? Really? Yes, indeedy. She might need more physical foreplay. Emotionally speaking, she might need more connection. She needs something. If you give it to her, she will respond. If you build it, she will come. And that leads us to number five, listening to your vagina. And this follows on the toss your lubes idea. Women, well, all humans actually have been taught to override their bodies, ignore their messages, and to try to dominate them to our will. My work is all about listening to your bodies and honoring them. The more you listen to the voice of your vagina and you acknowledge her yeses and her noes, they will get easier to discern. It might be hazy at first, but you start with all of the practices that I've mentioned so far, and all of them serve to re-sensitize the vagina, and that voice will get louder and clearer. It will start guiding you like a compass into the direction of the choices that are healthy and loving and positive for you. Vagina knows best when it's in its pure, unadulterated state of bliss, pleasure, and perpetual wetness. Yes, that is its natural state, and anything other than that is a lie or a marketing tactic that you might have bought into. The natural state for all vaginas is to be super pussies, orgasming, lubricating, ejaculating, and creating all over the place, because that's what vaginas do. They give life. Today's Well Fucked All-Star is Mara, and she's done a couple of my salons, and I'm really excited to have her on because she falls into some of the categories that people often fall prey to in thinking why they can't have super pussies. I will let her share her story on how she's blasted right through each of these excuses and created her own reality, which includes sex shortly after birth, a plethora of cervical orgasms where before there were only clitoral ones, and using her vagina and sexual energy as power sources. Well fucked all stars. Welcome Mara. I am delighted to have you here today. Thank you, Kim. So let's so happy to be here. Yeah, you and you super pussy. Let's talk all about that. <laughs> we are so happy to be here. <laughs> there we go. Yes. So there's so many elements of your experience that really speak to this idea of having a super pussy and some in particular that many women might buy into thinking because of this, because of that, that, oh, they wouldn't be able to qualify for having a super pussy. Yet the Anami guarantee mm -hmm. is that all women can. And so I'd love for you to speak to some of those myths, especially, and then your whole journey going from clitoral orgasms to epic cervical orgasms and really leaning into your intimate connection and the power of your pussy to fuel your life. Absolutely. So I think I'll start from like the beginning. I am um my husband and I would get in these fights 
And it was like, I'm not satisfied. And he would be like, well, I don't know how to satisfy you. What do you want? And I would be like, well, I don't know. I didn't, I literally did not know what I needed. Um, I would have clitoral orgasms with a vibrator only during intercourse. And like, I thought that was, that was it, you know? Um, and so I don't even know how I came across your course. I really cannot it was divine intervention, I'm sure, because I don't remember Googling anything about sex. I don't remember anything, but I found your page and I was like, I need to do this. So um, I'd never heard of cervical orgasms before. I thought G-spot was a myth from rap songs, honestly. And um, so at the beginning of your course, I was, I, I was afraid to like even touch myself. Like you're your daily self-pleasure challenge was a hell no for me. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, that's not happening. I can't even like, so I started just like with massaging my legs and my arms and my belly and my butt. And I did this every day. I was like, this I can do. I can do this every day. Um, and then when I finally was able to give attention to my vagina, it was like, oh my God, it's numb. It's completely numb. Like I have no feeling there. Um, and so once I realized that that's what was going on, we, I was like, all right, babe, we got to have lots of sex. So we got to work. We had like, I had, so I had just had my, I don't know if you want me to get into that now, but I just had my, my baby. <laughs> and it was like, when I committed to it, he was four days old. And I, I, I wrote an email to one of your staff and I was like, Hey, um, I just had a baby and my doctor says I shouldn't have sex, but I feel like I want to. <laughs> And someone responded and was like, if you, if you're feeling good, go ahead. And so I did. Um, and, and I didn't look back from there. It was just lots of practice and unnumbed my vagina and yeah. So you, something that I thought was wonderful about your story was that you were eight months pregnant when you began the salon right. and then shortly, and, and even that, right. Many people might feel like, well, I've got this baby coming. I can't take this on right now, but you were like, not nah, more than ever. <laughs> I need to do this. <laughs> and, right. You know, yeah. and it doesn't it, matter. Like it doesn't matter. This is like, it was not just, a convenient time. Right. Right. And you took it on anyway. And then as you said that after having the baby, you were still in that zone of commitment. Like we need this. I need to do this. And I, you know, you've described feeling, you know, tired and stuck and frustrated, mm -hmm. but that you kept that commitment going and you just took on all the practices in the salon and, you know, seized it. And I love, especially you shared how with you and your husband, that even if you were exhausted from staying up all night with the baby, you would still have sex. If you felt the baby blues coming on, you would have sex and then mm -hmm. end up having a cervical orgasm. If you were breastfeeding, you would still have sex. You know, like all of these mm -hmm. things that while people... we were having sex, breastfeeding right. during right. sex, right? Multitasking. Yeah. It was like, oh, the baby's awake, but we're not done yet. So, <laughs> you know, it was, it, I still do that. He actually, it's, it's getting, so I was mentioning to you, like, I'm in a bit of a funk now. So like, he's actually, he started breastfeeding or sorry, he's starting, he's starting to get older now. He's five months. And so like when we're, you know, in the throes of passionate sex, I'm making loud noises and he kind of gets scared. <laughs> and so 
like we're so I'm like we're having to try and figure this out I'm like okay now like we need to maybe um like get a babysitter or like you know plan these sex dates out a little more whereas before it was like we would just plow through whatever like baby's awake let's just keep going like yeah because I knew I knew that after we had sex my baby blues would go away I knew that after we had sex I could still make it through the rest of the day for my four older kids on two hours of sleep like no problem it would it would energize me it would make me feel happy like I had all the patience in the world thank you and that's the thing that the proof is in the pudding that having that kind of cataclysmic, really deep gourmet cervical orgasm type sex gives you energy. And so where the common excuse or refrain would be, oh, uh, you know, if we stay up and have sex, I'll be tired for tomorrow, where the opposite is true, that even if you have hardly any sleep, that's right. If you're having this deep sex, it rejuvenates you to such a degree that you have tenfold the energy energy tenfold the creativity tenfold the patience to do everything you need to do in your day yeah exactly so you had thrown in there that you also so you have five children you have a young very young baby four older well I don't know how old your children are but for other children and your and again these are things that in the realm of super pussy many women have bought into the mythology that oh, if you have too many babies, your vagina will be shot. If you have a baby in mm-hmm. general, you won't want to have sex, right? Your libido will be shot. Right. And that it's basically this, you know, <laughs> cornucopia of excuses and rationalizations why we can't get to these places. And I love that you <laughs> have just flown in the face of all of that to triumph, <laughs> despite having these things that in that allopathic mythology would be considered legit, you know, why you wouldn't have right. these experiences and probably could never, right? As a woman who's had five children, your vagina, Absolutely. according to that ethos, would be written off. Bye-bye, you know, never again. <laughs> <laughs> You've had your fun. Go ahead and retire. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You'll never have sex again or enjoy it again. Poor or you. Oh, well, <laughs> maybe we can sew some plastic in your vagina for you at some point. Um uh. Yeah, like the total idiocy. And instead, so this is what I really want to throw out there to people listening is that this is possible for all women. A super pussy is possible for all women at every stage and any age of their lives. And Mara is living proof of that. (laughs) Yes. Um, I need to mention, I had a cervical prolapse um, after my fourth child. Um, and they said, you know, at some point you're going to need to get this fixed and it's fixed like already. So <laughs> <laughs> like that's <laughs> we're good. It's all, it's all good. My doctor was like, oh, this is this is not a thing anymore. I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> what would you like, attribute oh, you been that? Going to, you know, pelvic floor therapy. I was like, well, sort of, you know, I I've been doing jade egg practices. I've been having a lot of orgasms. I've been you know, it just strengthening my pussy basically. And I, you know, I would definitely attribute it to that. But um, going back to what you said, so um, like your, your libido, right? 
Mm. I wanted to talk about that a little bit because um, your libido, like my, my sex drive was like akin to my drive in my life. So like if I was, if I had low sex drive, I also had a low life drive. Like I wasn't super excited about life. And so the two go hand in hand. I don't know for everybody, but for me. And so um, I needed, when I said like I needed this, it was, it was mostly because just the results in my daily life that I wasn't happy with. And so I knew that like, if I, if I could nail this, then I would, I would be happier in my regular life. And like, it's, it's absolutely true. Like all of this work that I've been doing sexually and um, personally has transformed into, into my daily life. Like I've just opened a bakery and it's becoming very successful. I've started hosting monthly women's circles um, and having really great results with that. Um, And these are things that I don't, I, I never had the drive to do before. And I never thought, especially with, you know, children that I had the time and energy to do but like I hosted my first big bakery event when my baby was a week old like who does that oh <laughs> and I was gosh. just like I was wow. super like let's do this you know I made a 100 cinnamon rolls and like <laughs> and we had a great time and everybody was like I can't believe you're doing this and I was like oh yeah that's right this is not normal like and I like I it's because I was having orgasms like I was like this is I have the energy and so I'm going to use that energy to do what I want to do. It's fantastic. This is so epic because, you know, you're talking about, you started the salon, let's say eight months pregnant, right? So you've got maybe four weeks or so before you have your baby, you're having, um, oh wait, you said you gave birth five weeks early. I did. Holy moly, just a week into the salon. Like a week, a week (sighs) into the salon. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh. So you'd only been doing this whole, yeah. this work for like what, two to three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. You, you really are a yeah. vaginal and epic superstar. So you're <laughs> doing this work for a few weeks. Um, it says here, so you were, I'm just reading some of the stuff that you've written because you only had clitoral orgasms in the past and then you yeah. had your and even those were few and far between. And then you had your first cervical orgasm on your birthday when your baby my was six weeks old. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty exciting. I was I did not know what to expect because I didn't know what a cervical orgasm was. So I'm like sobbing. And he was like, are you okay? I'm like, I think so. <laughs> and then I just sobbed for like 20 minutes. And then I was like, that, that that was amazing that I am changed. (laughs) So yeah, that was a pretty good birthday present. That was a very beautiful birthday present that you allowed yourself to have. I love it that you gave to yourself. (laughs) Um, and now you're in a place where you can have like five cervical orgasms in one session. Yeah. Yep. It's pretty amazing. So, um, what something that came up really recently was um, that I've been, I'm like able to visually see like, or I don't know if it's see mentally see, I guess my blocks in my vagina. So we'll be having sex and, and I still have blocks, you know, that I'm clearing through. This is all still very new to me, but like, we'll come to a block and I'll feel myself close. Like uh, I'll be like, huh, you know, my pussy will tighten and it will be like, go no further. <laughs> and he can feel it too. 
and I'll say like, literally I'll say during sex, I'll be like, Oh, there's a block. And he'll be like, okay. So he goes a little slower for like a minute or two and then it clears and then we're good to go. Like it's, it's, it's amazing how he's very in tune with me and I'm in tune with me in ways that I never thought that I would be because I was just so numb. Right. And so doing all of this work helped to regain that connection because I think for most people, they would just stop and say, oh, I'm not wet anymore or it's starting to hurt or something, right? Like, or they would just disconnect in that moment and then that would translate shortly thereafter into being dry or discomfort. And so for you to be able to observe that in the moment is amazing and really does speak to that denumbing because that's the thing is that most people are totally numb and disconnected and their vaginas have been just these you know, continually reinforcing that numbness, right? When people are using artificial lubrication and overriding their vaginas and not listening to their vaginas. So the more you listen, the more you strengthen and articulate and you resensitize, then it becomes so much easier to really hear the voice and the messages that are there. And I speak a lot about this notion that we store all kinds of things, blocks, traumas, experiences, repressed emotions, unresolved issues in our reproductive organs. And so it's amazing that you can actually feel and tune into something like that during sex and then consciously move it through you with your partner's support even. Absolutely. Like the more, the more like strides that I can take in my sex life, like you say, it's a super pussy. Like when you have a super pussy and you're willing to like put in this work and and go farther than you've ever gone before, then you, it translates directly in your life. Like I'm, yeah, I'm making leaps and bounds in things that I've been afraid to do my entire life. And you mentioned in alignment with that, that you were, um, feeling more of a spirit connection, that that also opened up to you through accessing Mm -hmm. more of this pathway through your vagina. Yes. So, um, it's, it's something that like my spiritual connection, like just to, to spirit in general or other realms or, you know, beings, things like that. It's been something that I've been really meditating and focusing on for several years now. Um, the whole, um, idea of Akashic records has, is just, it's very, um, intriguing to me and I would love to be able to you know, have these sort of connections with the spirit realm. Um, and I've made some strides here and there over the years, but like, it just happens to me randomly now. Like I'll just be sitting and it, I'll feel like my chest is just being like cracked open. And I'm, I'm like there, I'm like connected to all of these realms. I can sense things in people that I could never sense before. I, I don't know if it's just that I'm able to like not give a fuck what other people think. And I'm just, you know, when I'm in a social situation or, or I'm out doing anything with people, um, I don't ever sit and think like, do I look fat in this dress? Or like, does my hair look okay? Or are they, are they vibing with me? Like it's, I'm just like sitting and observing people. 
so I get I get like this sixth sense of what's behind what everybody says. I get I understand what's behind their little fidgets, their movements that they do. And so um, and also to that end, I'm having the most vivid, incredible, inspirational dreams. I've actually started a dream journal because of it. Like I'll wake up and be like, whoa, what was that? And just start writing pages and pages of, you know, this inspiration that I got while I was sleeping. So it just kind of happens, happens random now. I don't even have to work for it. That's amazing because one of the other general myths around sexuality that we're told is that sex and spirit are totally not connected, right? Like never the twins Mm. shall meet. And, but what we know from ancient Mm. cultures and through doing this work and connecting to our sexuality is that it actually opens up a pathway into more spiritual states of awareness. And that was one of my big personal entry points into my own journey sexually was having these really epic, like you say, cracked open cataclysmic type experiences that opened my heart, but also felt like they opened me up spiritually where I felt this total connection to the universe, to myself, much deeper connection Mm -hmm. to myself, to people in general in this Mm -hmm. really epic oneness kind of way. And so that was, you know, that was really one of the big motivating factors in me pursuing this work in a conscious realm, you know, was feeling like actually what we're, what we've been told is so, is so wrong, right? Is that sex and God, that there's Mm -hmm. some kind of like God's telling people not to have sex. It's, you know what I mean? Like this whole moral overlay on top of it when that, and I thought, you know, nothing can be further than the truth, at least if you're having conscious sex, right? Not throw away kind of degrading sex, but really, um, epic high level sex, then yeah you're fully tuning into spiritual realms through the use of that energy. And that's what the old tantric and Taoist practices were all about. These 5,000 year old studies that really did marry sex and spirituality was using sex as a springboard into higher states of consciousness. Absolutely. And like the intimacy that I've learned, I've learned to be okay with intimacy with myself, with my partner on such a deeper level that Like I can have intimacy with strangers now and it's, you know, it's not very common thing that we're intimate with our friends or with our strangers. And and I don't mean like sexually intimate, like, like being fully present and having deep eye contact with people and being open and honest and raw with people. That's all stems from our, our um, ability to feel comfortable with our own sexuality. I agree. And that's one of the big disconnecting factors is if we can't even feel and tune into our own power and our own energy and our own bodies, if we feel cut off from and forbidden, it's, it's kind of, it's yes. like, I think it's really the greatest psyop ever, right? The biggest mm. lie ever is, is really putting so much shame and fear and taboo around our own sexuality that people are afraid to be to connect with their own bodies. Like you even said earlier that for you at one point in the journey, you didn't even feel comfortable touching yourself. So the fact that people that's that much power has been put upon people to (laughs) not even from, you know, like things they do out in the world or with other people, but with their own bodies that they've been Mm -hmm. influenced so deeply to be afraid of and disconnected from their own bodies is a pretty massive 
<laughs> like a pretty massive coup yeah. to be able to achieve that in a whole population. And, and absolutely, this is, yeah. And the more present you can be in like with yourself in a situation, like you open that up for other people, just like give them that opportunity to be real for a moment. And, and I see differences in my exchanges with women, especially um, in these women's circles that I'm holding. And it's, it's like, wow, they've never, you know, felt the safety or the ability to just be themselves before. And so I'm loving being able to give that gift to other people just through my own presence, you know? That's beautiful. And I think that's what happens and what I see a lot of when people really begin to own and radiate their sexual energy, that presence becomes a magnet and a beacon for other people. There's something about it. It mm -hmm. becomes one of those, what are you doing differently questions, right? Mm -hmm. Where people can see, see and right. feel sense something different about you, but they can't quite put their finger on it or they just, they want to be around it. Mm -hmm. It's very, very attractive because not that many people truly own themselves in that way and inhabit their sexual energy, which by my definition is life force, vital energy. And so it's not just about wearing a sexy dress or, you know, it's like you just own and carry yourself in such a beautiful, composed, um, goddess like way that people want that they are like, well, how can I do that? Like why, you know, that's just something that's so compelling that they want it. They want to be around it. And, you know, you, you mentioned earlier as well, the notion of not giving a fuck, right? That, and that's what I call one of the hallmarks of when people really do hit a threshold in their sexual journey of inhabiting that energy that they hit that place of, they don't give a shit anymore what people think of them. And so they could be out in public and wearing, I don't know, you know, I always hear stories of like women going out in sweats and like gassing up their cars at the petrol station and then like <laughs> men coming up to them to ask them out on dates just because there's something so attractive about them that isn't about their clothes. They're not wearing makeup. They're not, you know, they don't have like their hair thrown back in a ponytail, right? Like they're not out there to <laughs> attract anyone. And yet what's in them is yeah. so unstoppable and, um, radiant that people are drawn to it and the, so it's not just about not caring about what you look like that's you know that's just an example of people seeing that beauty anyways regardless but it's also that mm -hmm. energy of not caring what what people's opinions are of you because you are so comfortable and confident in your own self and your own self-love that it doesn't matter you're not trying for it not no, to it matter doesn't. it no. just pings off of you and you, you're oblivious to it it doesn't mean anything Absolutely. Yes, it really doesn't. Like, I thought before it was like, I would need to get to a point where I looked good enough, I to feel good enough to not give a fuck. Right? Like, I thought that was the order of operations there. Right. Like, okay, if I yeah. get to this certain way, and I look this good, and my hair is this long, and then I will not be able to care or give a fuck what people think about me. But it that's so not true. <laughs> Like how you feel about yourself translates to how others feel about you. And it, I love how you said it's, it's an unstoppable force. Like it really is. You like, you don't have to do anything to radiate that. 
you just have to be yourself and love yourself. Yeah, I love it's just that idea that you don't try not to give a fuck. You just don't give a fuck, you know, and right. Yes, yeah, you're not trying. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the key thing is that you're just so fully in in yourself and accepting yourself and owning yourself that whatever else, it doesn't matter. Right. Like that's all that matters. That's the only litmus test you need is if you are okay with you and you accept you and you are in alignment with your truth and then everything else, it's like the, the waves radiate out from you out into the world from that place. You set the tone, you become cause in your life rather than effect, you know, and that's, I think one of the biggest things too, because that's the epitome of this idea of us being these fountains of creative energy and life force energy when we are in tune with their sexuality, when we are owning that sexual power and using it in a conscious way, we are creators of our reality. And so rather than victims, rather than being the effect of other people, we become the creators and the cause in our lives. Absolutely. There's been like a few issues that have come up, like with drama in my life with um, ex-husband and things. And I'll find myself like being so put off by that and just being like, wow, you have a lot of time and energy to like, I just don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> I don't, I don't care. I'm just like, not even, I don't buy into anything. I don't. I don't have time for that anymore, basically. Like I, yeah. I, I really want to spend my energy elsewhere and things that used to bring me down or stress me out. Like I don't even give them a second thought anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So tell me a little bit more about the shift in your relationship with your partner because you said that you were at a place where you were fighting a lot and then how did things evolve in your yeah. relationship well um so i started taking your course the well-fucked woman and um he i was like i need you to just be on board with this like I, he, I got him to watch a couple of videos here and there. And um, he actually ended up taking your sexual mastery for men right oh, after that, which fabulous. he like, he has a fantastic ball massage story if you ever <laughs> want to hear it. But, <laughs> um, so I think we both just really dove deep into our own personal journey and, and cleared blocks that we had had individually and then came together on it and we were like okay we're we're going we're running with it um and we're both i think very committed people well we are i know both very committed very loyal and just like when we do something we do it really well and we do it wholeheartedly so it's been it's been a major focus like all of our conversations over the past few months have been about our intimacy, our sex life. And, you know, we'll have very, a few like day to day, like, okay, who's picking up which kid where, and like, where are we going to meet? And, you know, oh yeah, we're going out with these people this weekend. But like most of our conversations are to deal with, with these things um, in your course that you go over and, you know, our sexual journeys. And so we really do give it um, as much 
energy as we can because we see that there is like tenfold return on every ounce of effort that we put in. And that's one of the key things that I try to emphasize for people is like we were saying earlier, how you live that now that, okay, you know, we're tired. We've stayed up all night with the child. Um, okay, but let's have sex because we know that that's going to revitalize us and give us fuel to get through the day rather than, oh, we've stayed up all night. We're tired. We can't have sex because we're tired. Let's go to bed. Yes, we did that. We used to do that <laughs> right? and it, it, we still, still woke up tired the next day, you know, <laughs> <laughs> go figure. It was like, okay, but you know, the nights that we get three, three hours of sleep, two hours of sleep, it's like, well, we're doing okay. Actually, we'd look at each other at first kind of in disbelief. Like, was it, was it really the sex that we had last night that like, like maybe, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty great. I love that. And how about your lubrication? What's happening in the super pussy with lubrication? Okay. So, um, I would always have sex. Like as soon as he wanted it before, as it was like, he's like, I'm ready. Let's do this. Right. And so sex would be painful for me because I wasn't like, I wasn't wet and I guess I, I never, you know, fully learned that, you know, you need to be wet before you have sex, <laughs> but, and so I never would get there because it would be painful and I would, you know, I would be resisting and not unknowingly resisting, um, the intercourse. And, and so it, it just was, sex was never like a super pleasurable experience for me. It was always about his pleasure. And now I'm like, welcoming him in right with my just extremely gushing pussy like can I say that is that too you say things like that <laughs> you can 100% but say like, that it... <laughs> cool so yeah it was just like I I just I I don't know okay I'm trying to find the best word to describe this so it was like once my once my pussy was online, she was offline pretty much my whole life. Once she was online, she was like ready and gushing. And I'm, I'm almost wet all the time now. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how, what else, how else can I say that? You've said it. And that's how I describe it for people is that they get to a place where they are wet all the time. And because they're just so like, if we look at the pussy metaphorically, like this idea of being receptive to, to life, right. Being receptive to being penetrated by life or being penetrated by uh, cock yeah. is that then the metaphors, we kind of, we embody that in this full way that then the pussy is sort of always open, always available, always ready. Right. And so, and that's how we become towards life. Like the way you described about having these intimate connections and moments with anyone, 
right, with strangers, with people you meet out in the world, that there's just that much, that deeper level of openness and capacity for intimacy. And then it's both in the psyche, in the emotions, in the heart, and in the pussy. And so because of that, the pussy is on this perpetual like place of being right. wet and ready. <laughs> can I you know? share a funny story about that? Absolutely, you can. So, Okay, so um, I was like, this is probably a few weeks ago. I was like, like, honey, I need sex basically all the time. And he's like, I just can't keep up with you. <laughs> like, so I was kind of frustrated. I was like, I, I'm kind of frustrated, you know, at this. And he was like, well, I don't know what else to do, you know. And and so I started to, like, realize what, like, what's, what's going on with me? Like, why am I just, like, hungry all the time? Why am I never satisfied? But then I was, I started, like, tuning into my pussy and realizing that she's just like throbbing constantly like she's just awake alive and hungry all of the time and I was like well I don't necessarily need sex all of the time (laughs) and so I started sort of breathing in that energy because I was I was getting frustrated I was like I'm angry I need sex like all the time (laughs) but I started kind of breathing in that energy like you teach us to do and and using it towards creativity, towards other things. And it's really funny. It's kind of calmed down that like frustration and that like intense all the time drive, but realizing that like, oh, this is what it feels like to have a turned on pussy all the time. Like I'm driving down the street, I'm in a grocery store. Like, is there something wrong with me? No, this is just what it feels like. And so I'm getting, I'm really getting used to that feeling. And it's so It's such a wonderful feeling to just feel turned on all the time. (laughs) That is amazing. And it's really, it's being turned on by life. It's being turned on and open. And because there's so much censorship and pain and taboo around sexuality is that we, yeah, like you're saying, is this normal? Is there something wrong with me? (laughs) Where no, that's a hundred percent right. I know. The place where, sorry, go ahead. No, no. Well, the place where people get stuck is feeling like, I think where you had that, that feeling like, okay, well, I need to have sex all the time and look, and that can work and it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's also realizing that that is your life force energy and that feel that bubbling over almost uncontainable sense of, I need to do something with this. It's true. You do, but you're right. Then I would <laughs> say that people then channel that into their lives, into their creativity into there. And that creativity can be anything. Yes, it can be the things we think of as conventionally creative, like painting or drawing, but it can even be parenting your children or exercising or cleaning your house or working in the garden or having a conversation with your partner about some stuff that really needs to be talked about or whatever you do as a vocation, writing. So it's you know, I love that you went through that process to really feel into that (laughs) and then realize also that, yes, I can channel that into being sexual with my partner. And I can also channel that out into the world as creative power and energy. Yep. 
Well, I have, you know, the insatiable pussy idea is really what I say (laughs) is a guarantee for every woman to be in that place of having a gushing, insatiable, high performing cervical orgasm type pussy that also becomes this creative mover and shaker in your life. Like I love your story of a hundred cinnamon rolls and like (laughs) that whole project and the women's circle where all of this stuff is being then channeled and manifesting in your life as this positive creative power all from your vagina from my vagina thank you <laughs> that it's been amazing to hear all about this i'm so happy for you and proud of you uh, is there anything else that you'd like to add um let me think So I think we, I think we covered everything like this is, this completely changed the way I do everything in my life. Like I finding that depth in myself has awakened this desire to find depth in everything that I do, whether it be my relationships with um, my children uh, or any project that I take on uh, my relationship with my husband and especially my relationship with myself and my own body, my yoga practice has become so much deeper. And I, I, I found more progress um, at a quicker pace with, with my yoga practice, with my physical, with my exercise as well, just because I'm able to go deeper and my relationships with my kids have never been better. Like I've, I've, I have incredible stories over the last few months with my kids as well, um, with them opening up to me and us just having incredible experiences. But this is just, it has changed the way that I do everything. And, um, it's, it's incredible. Um, and I, you know, I still have moments of insecurity and, you know, giving a fuck, as you say, but like, I like, and I, but I do like, I see on the horizon, like that's completely going away for me as somebody who was incredibly insecure all growing up. Like this is, this is huge for me to feel secure in my own body and to feel powerful to like, I never had my own sense of power, but I feel that now I feel this, this just bubbling up from well, my pussy, like into, you know, my stomach, my heart, my, my throat and coming out of my mouth, you know, just this, this power and this um, individuality that I never had the confidence to express before. And so thank you for uh, making this, sharing this work that you've spent your lifetime discovering. It's, it has changed my life and a lot of other people's lives. (laughs) I love hearing all of that, Mara, and all the different ways in which this has manifested and woven its way through your life and even what you just said about your children, right? Like bringing more depth into those relationships and shifts and magical 